Lloyd's alive! How do we know she is alive? I hate when people talk during the movie. No wire hangers ever! You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Your stupid minds! Stupid! Stupid! Relax. It's all in bad taste. Hello everyone and welcome to Aftertaste, the after... Before we start, were you just, sake, were you just about to say again that doesn't go in? Maybe. I had to stop doing that, I have to take it out every time. Oh, fuck. <clears throat> Hello everyone. Everyone else has interrupted you so I thought I'd do it. <laughs> and welcome to Aftertaste, the after show where we continue to talk bad. See, it's probably will stay in now. Probably. This is Aftertaste. This is the show where we continue to talk trash about our favourite best worst movies. Or in this case, all types of movies and books. And that, 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 or in it. <laughs> I swear to fucking they God. They took our jobs. Take 25. Or in this case, <laughs> books, movies, films, TV shows, a bit of everything. Because we are talking, yeah, comics, because we are going to continue to talk about Batman. Greg is visibly erect over webcam, I can tell that. Um, we are going to continue to talk about Batman and just kind of talk about our favourite Batman properties. What kind of, where, where, where our mind goes when we think of Batman. And I think for me and you, Hannah, this is probably going to be the one, this is, you're in for a treat here, listeners, because this is, I'm not going to speak very much and you're going to get a rest <laughs> from hearing my fucking voice. Uh, I know very little about Batman. I really yeah. enjoy it. I'll, I'll probably just start by getting my kind of opinions out of the way. I grew up with the, 90, the 80s and 90s films. I remember the Tim Burton films very fondly. Again, I haven't revisited them that much. Uh, this one holds a special place in my heart, Batman and Robin, absolutely. And I really appreciate all the Christian Bale ones, even The Dark Knight Rises, which I think is definitely the weakest of the three. I'm not sure how you guys would, if you would agree. The Dark Knight trilogy is definitely the thing that sticks out in my mind for for Batman. But that's, again, other than the Batman and Robin film is basically all I know when it comes to Batman. And I've enjoyed what I've seen, but I definitely don't have the wealth of knowledge that the three nerds sit in. (laughs) <laughs> so we're all geared off the nerds are ready to jump in just waiting our turn patiently I've got a little uh, film timeline if you want it do it let's do it hell yeah okay so uh, the first couple of Batman films he was actually a government agent at the time fighting I think it was some Japanese scientists because it was still all very World War 2 propaganda oh, okay and it wasn't okay for him to be seen working above the law or out of the law or taking it into his own hands so was this like the 40s him, was it was yeah like they really didn't want right? him to be seen I think it was 40s 50s they didn't want yeah. him to be perceived as a vigilante okay because then that obviously set the wrong tone for the time Mm -hmm. Uh, 1966 to 1968 there was over 120 episodes of the TV show of Adam West nice Um, introduction of a few things Uh, suddenly that was when you saw the campy cartoon comic Batman come into place more with the Batmobile uh, all of those sort of tropey that's that's the shark repellent right the the infamous shark repellent scene with the the bat bombs and shit like that go go gadget bat the thing is with the show it just had little to no logic I distinctly remember watching an episode where him and uh, Batgirl are stuck in like um, like a cellar prison type scenario and he looks up at this hatch and goes if only we had a rope we could get out of here (laughs) and out of nowhere she just goes here's a rope Batman (laughs) (laughs) there's a yeah, it's 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 brilliant. It's just so shy. I think Adam West was oh, it the late Adam West now, isn't is he, it? Yeah, he passed away, right? My, I'm not wrong in saying, thinking that he passed away a few years ago. I believe it was quite recent. <laughs> yeah, so Adam West died in 2017. So oh, rest in peace. What a, what a, what a legend! What a what a. He didn't take. He never seemed to take himself too seriously either. The fact that he was in Family Guy repeatedly, yeah. just as this madman of a version of himself as well. Yeah, right. he always seemed Excellent. like a. He t- he seemed like the kind of guy that didn't take life too seriously yeah. or didn't take his profession too seriously and enjoyed what he did. 
No, absolutely. Um, but moving on from that, obviously we had the Tim Burton Batman in 1989 with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson as the Joker. A very well-established performance by Jack Nicholson in particular, I think, with that one. That's another one where the villain was billed above the Batman. Oh, really? Jack yeah. Nicholson. He was huge, to be fair. Jack Nicholson. He still is. I mean, when was that, sorry? 1980-something. Oh, so this was well into Jack Nicholson's career. You know, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest... Uh, the Shining, yeah. you know, he is a well-respected actor. Well, I think the reason he would have got top billing then is because at the time, Michael Keaton, his star was on the rise, mm. but at the time it was a huge gamble putting him in that role because he was mainly known for comedy. Okay, so, like, yeah. no one at the time believed he was going to be Batman. Oh, and, he of course, like, be proven them wrong. He was in films like Hot Shots, wasn't he? I remember, like, specifically watching him Mr. In... Mom. Yeah. Mars Attacks! Mars, was he was Welcome on Mars Attacks? yeah. Val- oh, we're talking about Michael Keaton, Keaton Val Kilmer. Oh, shit, yeah. The, I'm like, <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'm going to go back to shutting up because I'm, I'm skipping ahead of a movie. You guys go. I was about to say, let the bat nerds talk. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, but yeah, Jack Nicholson's Joker was more like the kind of gangstery type, wasn't he, in that one, with the clown elements, and it was got a blend of comedy and drama, right, I think. It was very yeah, dark, yeah. but it had those light-hearted moments that I think you need so the film doesn't feel too... Yeah, like, heavy. Yeah, too heavy. Um, obviously, after that, we had Batman Forever. Yeah. No, it was Batman Returns. Batman Returns, right, then Batman yeah. Forever, sorry. And then that takes us up to the one we've just watched with Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the best one, one. Yeah. I think <laughs> I was actually on Reddit the other day and I saw a great little video. It was Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Um, and it was her, like, with the whip. Mm-hmm. She had to whip the heads off, like, three mannequins or four mannequins, oh, one after the other. And she did it in, like, one take and just absolutely wow. nailed it. What a legend. Like, as soon as the camera... And as soon as they said cut, you could just hear, like, everyone just started applauding her because everyone was just like, fuck, that was great. That is you know? amazing. Like, absolutely top marks to her for that. Yeah, man. I think Michelle Pfeiffer, I, I remember specifically, like, her portrayal of Catwoman. Is is that comic accurate? Or she did she kind of take... Cause she, that's an iconic the, performance as well. No, so like this is the thing. Like so far to film, she's the best Catwoman, but it is quite a lot different. The issue was so when Burton did the first Batman in '89, he, he at least had someone reining him mm-hmm. in, yeah. going too Burton-esque yeah, with it. Whereas with the sequel, um, they more or less give him free reign, which is why it's really dark. So the Penguin in that is nothing ever like he is in the mm-hmm. comics. That's a one-off. Same with Catwoman to an extent. Like Catwoman is basically just a jewel thief in right. the comics, essentially. She's and it's played by like, Helen Bonacartum. Oh, I mean, and Batman, is, uh, Batman is obviously Johnny Depp. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like in this one, in the Burton one, because it's Burton, every character has to be damaged. In the comic, she isn't. She's just like a kid, like a this street kid who grew up really tough and is just a bit of a jewel thief. She's yeah. not like a, an emotionally damaged character. Because the Eartha Kitt performance, the, the in the Adam West series, Eartha Kitt's performance as, as Catwoman's that's quite a iconic and legendary performance as well, especially as a as an African American woman in the sixties. It kind of paved the way, I think, for a lot of African American superheroes and kind of opening the door for a lot of kind of future projects with African-American uh, and superheroes in, in casting. It, it's fantastic, really. Tim Burton had Billy D. Williams as well yeah. as uh, Harvey Two-Face yeah. in Batman yeah. as well. Um, better known as Lando Calrissian from That's Star it. Wars, yeah. obviously. Do you know what I love? Um, so, I like the, the common hell belief that the idea was that Billy D. should have reprised this role for Batman Forever, mm-hmm. which obviously was replaced by Tommy Lee Jones. So, um, a fun little nod there is if you watch the Lego Batman movie, which is actually really good. I've seen that. Billy oh, yeah, Dee Williams plays Two Face in that, and the right. minifigure looks like how he probably would have looked like in Batman Forever That's if so he cool. kept that up. That's so fun. I think cool. Lego Batman is one of the best Batman films. It, it's so good. It is. It's just daft and silly, and it doesn't. It, it's just got all it takes all the boxes really. 
And I know I'm saying that as a grown man, but yeah, fucking Lego's great. Man. Lego Batman's excellent. If you haven't seen it, it is a great incarnation of Batman. So funny as well. They get it so to have it goth and dark and still yeah. really humorous yeah. is fantastic. It's a great blend. But then a decade after Batman and Robin, you obviously have the Christopher Nolan series yeah where was it 2006 or 2008 uh batman begins i think batman begins was actually like 2004 fuck, was I it i thought there was some big yeah. gaps between them but it was oh, i think of the dark knight on oh, no, i'm getting mixed up yeah but obviously that trilogy totally different sort of vibe very grounded realism mm-hmm. more three-dimensional characters much more believable set more modern uh i don't really know what there is to say about that because i'm sure everyone's probably seen the dark knight trilogy but yeah. fantastic. It's essential viewing, really. Isn't Excellent it? trilogy yeah. of films. Yep. Uh, some of the best played villains, I think, as well. Uh, quite, I only call him Qui-Gon Jinn as Ra's al Ghul there. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul. Uh, Cillian Murphy as Scarecrow. Uh, Heath Ledger, obviously, yep. as the Joker. R.I.P. Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Two-Face. And Tom Hardy as Bane, Bane yeah. like just superb, villain after villain. And Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. You I call her a villain, though. Well, that's the thing. And like, well, that's the thing with Catwoman now. Mm-hmm. Even in the main comics, like she's a betweener. Like, she's not, I, Selena she, Kyle she's is good a... to fit the story, but then she can also still be a villain at times. She's not the superhero that they portray in the Halle Berry version, where she's literally the the superhero. She's defeating evil. I want to kind of get your opinion because, and I'm, I'm, if I was going to finish my knowledge of Batman, if I'm going to finish my discussion, my discussion kind of ends with the with the Nolan trilogy. What is everyone's opinion on the Dark Knight Rises? Because it's a contentious one. It's a one where people think, yeah, it's a great film, but it's it's not maybe the climactic send off that it should have got. It's my least favorite of the three. Yeah, I think I think Bane, Tom Hardy did a very good job of him but just the the stakes and the consequences and the way events panned out just weren't as interesting or satisfying as the other films and as I said Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul was just top tier like fair play and obviously The Dark Knight is just one of the best superhero films ever full stop I think I have this weird block with the Nolan movies where I don't really think about them ever or talk about them or have much love for them. The good, and, and I know the good, but there's some kind of block there for me. I'm just not interested. You know, put your finger on why? Like, is it is it just maybe the tone or? I don't know. I'm usually not that kind of nerd. That's like, oh, the comic books are amazing. That's the only thing worth watching. I'm pretty versatile, but it's just something there when I watch them. I'm like, yep, yeah, this is good. When it's finished, it I'll be happier because I can spend my time better. So, as far as the timeline goes, we've had the Nolan films, and we've. Taking a bit of a break. Again, we've there's another Batfleck now, don't yeah, we? Yeah, big we, we big gap, and then we've got Batfleck. Which, yeah, probably the less said, the better. Uh, right, here's my stance on it. I liked him in the role. The, I think the issue a lot of people had is because he kills people in it. Yeah. But my argument to that, as I was thinking the other day, it's not like he's going out of his way to yeah. necessarily kill them. I, I, I like, what I like about comics and what I like about superhero properties is when people can take them and do their own spin on it. What I think is in this one, it's not like he's going out his way to kill people, it's just like he just doesn't care so much for his actions that he doesn't really seem to care if he accidentally mm. kills someone. Like, he's willing to be more reckless with it. Okay. And I think that fits the Batman where because in that, in this one, he's already well-established. Uh, we, it, it's hinted we've already had the Jason Todd storyline, yeah. which really messes him up. So I really didn't mind it that much. I just think if he had better direction and better material, it could have worked. So for a Batman layman, what is the, the Jason Todd storyline? Yeah, so this is actually one of the more interesting parts of Batman's history. So at the moment in Batman lore, there's been about five different Robins. Uh, The first, uh, Jason Todd was the second Robin, okay? And um, Mm -hmm. 
in the comics, he's, he's like, a, I think he gets caught by Batman trying to break into the Batmobile, so he's a bit of a street-tough kid. No one liked him, though, because he's a bit of a bratty character. And what happened was they set up the storyline where he's kidnapped by the Joker and they asked readers to vote whether you wanted him to live or die. Oh, wow. Readers voted for God. him to die, and he, <laughs> nice. he dies in the most brutal way. Joker basically beats him to death with a crowbar, then blows him up. Was that a death in the family? That's death in the family, yeah. and um, nice. yeah, they basically killed him off. But then it, it led into good things because then he comes back as Red Hood, who's like like he, he eventually becomes one of Batman's sort of extended family, and he's a much more ruthless character. So he gets he gets over a bit more of the fans. Yeah, and um, in the current. Well, if they're still doing the wider movie universe, they've hinted at that. So in Batman vs. Superman, you know, we see the Robin costume and it's got the Joker graffiti on. Mm-hmm. That's hinted that's Jason Todd, who's dead ah, at this point, or dead. Shout out the Red Hood, my favourite character to play as in the Injustice games. Oh, he yeah. won me every match I played. No, ever. Deathstroke was I, the best. I kind of want, yeah, I do want to give a quick shout out because there's a whole video game franchise. There's, there's multiple video game franchises with the, the Caped Crusader. I played Injustice. I played the first Arkham Asylum game, and that's kind of where my knowledge of the subject ends. But I think you've played them all. 100%. Um, so for me, it, so it, goes, it goes backwards and forwards between what's my favourite game series, either the Arkham games or Bioshock, but they're both kind of on level pegging. You and Jack are now friends for life. Boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, um, Bioshock is without a doubt my favourite video game. It's tremendous. But yeah, the uh, um, all the Arkham games I'd recommend go playing. Um because there's four, there's actually four of them, but like uh, Arkham Origins gets a bit of a bad rep, even though it's actually a pretty underrated gem. Mm. But if you're someone who loves video games and has a passing knowledge of Batman, again, this is actually quite a decent gateway because Rocksteady essentially use all of the pre-existing lore, but they add their own elements to it. Yeah. And it's like you can tell they've got a lot of love for it. So you can learn a lot about the history of Batman, about the villains, while also having this new story. It's just like the little things they do. Like I love how in this one the penguins meant to be this Cockney gangster, <laughs> and they kind of grit him up a bit. Where he instead of a monocle, he's got the bottom half of a glass bottle stuck in his eye, and you actually through backstory can learn how that happened. So there's a lot of world building to it, and there's a lot of history in them, and it's really good. Is the Joker voiced by Mark Hamill in that in those games? Yeah, he is. So that's another cool thing. Like they really went all out to make it a huge Batman fanfare. So a lot of the voice actors from the animated series are present. So it's Kevin Conroy as Batman. Nice. I think it's a Tara Strong who did Harley. Who maybe? Yeah, but yeah. It is. So she does. She doesn't do it for all of them. She's definitely voiceover in some of them. And then yeah, Mark Hamill. Is I only them. played uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham Knight because I got it for cheap on the PC because the PC version was like shagged initially. And I got it for like six pound on Steam, and it was great. I had a great time with it. I think the bat tank bits were a bit crap. But, like, yeah. the actual overall storyline was great, where you had, like, the Joker stuck in your head and he kept just appearing and talking to you. Uh, I guess not dissimilar to kind of how the narrative is in Cyberpunk with V and Johnny recently. Yeah. Um, similar sort of energy where he just kind of likes to just chip in on what's been going on and has, like, that two-person narrative inside your own head. And, again, just superb voice performance oh. by Mark Hamill throughout. Oh, always. Yeah. Everything he does. I mean, that brings me on to my favourite Batman franchise the animated series uh, before I was say which one yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say the 1992 it was released five days before I was born the first episode came out <laughs> baby Ryan but I know like uh, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini or Dini were two of my favourite writers on the actual show and it was inspired heavily by the Tim Burton movies. It had to be aimed towards kids, but they got a lot of stuff past the censors, mainly because Tim Burton, because it was a 
much bigger of a hit they got away with more you know there's loads of like sexual innuendos like Harley asks the Joker to try her pie mm. stuff like that and they deal with <laughs> adult themes like uh, implied parental abuse straight up drug usage things like that well is this where like a lot of the Harley Quinn being in an abusive relationship comes from as well because that's kind of well, a... this is where Harley Quinn comes from yeah. this, oh is it right this was the legacy well it's got its own legacy but the biggest thing was they introduced Harley Quinn right, she was strictly right. great for the show and then basically took off on her own yeah because the character was inspired by a fantasy sequence in days of our lives and that's how harley came into being wait, days what, of our lives is what, in the, wait, wait, the, wait. the fictional show within friends no days of our lives is real isn't it that's a that's... It's, it's in friends and it's real, <laughs> yeah, it's real. I, just assumed, yeah. I assumed that was just a made-up show for friends i didn't realize that was an actual wait, show can we re- can we rewind the tape and talk about how she was which she was created it was the... like arlene sorkin um her performance is what inspired this oh. she was in like a fantasy sequence on days of our lives okay and then um, i think it was bruce tim that wrote the character in might have been someone else but they saw it and was like, yep, yeah, this forms is excellent. Let's write this as a character. And she became really fucking popular. I mean, you can tell today, like Margot Robbie's performance, like that's that's the the driving force behind a lot of the DC movies at the minute. She's she's kind of holding that crumbling mess together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you ask Harry over at the Pick and Make podcast, he'd probably disagree with me because he does not like... I don't think he likes Margot Robbie as a Harley Quinn at all. I think I remember I just think he's too much of a Marvel fanboy to really... If you're listening, Harry... Well, this is the you. thing, right? I'm much more into Marvel as well, but I still really like DC. I didn't get massively into the comics, but I am on Marvel. Yeah, I can still appreciate Batman is really fucking good. Superman's good, all that kind of stuff, and that he's completely wrong. <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> Harry. Like, no. Wow. Here's the thing, here's the thing, comic book fans. You can like both. Why not? Yeah. yeah you, you can, can like all thing. comic books. You don't have to be an elitist to one side. You can enjoy all of them. Yeah, Harry. <laughs> you bastard. That being said, go listen to the Pick and Mix podcast. It's fun. <laughs> Well, there are tons of great things about the animated series. It, it got two Emmys. Um, one was like uh, for Robin's Reckoning Part One, and then another one was for Outstanding Music and like Composition. And they also got Kevin Conroy to voice Batman, and he was picked because he has a sexy voice, and he has right. So his sexy. Was voice. that the origin of him playing Batman then as well? That that series, and he conti- he continuously plays it up to this point like in the games and whatnot he's in the Arkham games yeah. he's come back to do because uh, one thing DC is cracking out at the moment is their standalone animated films yeah. and he's done recurring in those as well so yeah he's like what a great gig for like 20, 20 plus years of your life just being able to play Batman like that's that's it's like writing dream. a Christmas number yeah, one right? <laughs> and great you go great so like the episodes in the animated series is fantastic right Jack oh yeah is this the one I'm thinking of where Batman's an old man and he hires on a that's, younger oh that's a Bat- different Bat- series Batman, Batman Beyond Batman, Batman Beyond, Beyond that's technically yeah. the sequel see yeah. that was the one I was big into as a kid it was Batman Beyond was which was a bit more Bruce sleek Graham's and it was more man. gadgety and things but wasn't it? It was like, and Bruce Wayne was a cantankerous old yeah, man. Yeah, it's been a it while a since I've seen weary. it, but did that one get a bad rap? Or am I imagining that? Uh, Batman Beyond? Yeah. No, I'm sure it was well loved. Um, it had a really good film called Return of the Joker. Is that the one with um, where Robin comes back, like the Joker keeps fucking up with Robin, Robin looks like the Joker, something like that? Well, I mean, that's nearly spoiling so, so that's kind of like Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you want me to say it, I'll, I'll say it. <laughs> it's I'll, been long enough now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That, so that film, basically, it's like, obviously, Batman Beyond is set in the future, and the Joker mysteriously returns, having everyone thought him being dead, and then it turns out what it is, is back in the day, he kidnapped Robin, brainwashed, him and what this is is it's like the after effect so robin is effectively becoming the joker 
that was re- I remember watching that and that's still in so my head that was really Knight. good that's yeah. a really interesting yes. concept like that's, that's yeah. piqued my interest as, as well that's Arkham Knight in a nutshell as well it's the same really it's like the Joker is a a disease almost yes. Yes. it's a really interesting concept yeah. for a villain I remember me and Hannah started watching one that was just on Netflix or Amazon or something. We didn't finish it for whatever reason. I think it might have been not very good. What, the Where Batman ended up in film? feudal Japan. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, it's the ninja one, isn't it? Batman ninja? That, yes. sounds amazing. that sounds fucking amazing. Great concept, poor delivery, I think, was the idea. Well, at least that's what Maybe we... Maybe you know the best worst, guys. Might be, might be worth, a, might be worth yeah. another crack, but I remember watching it and just thinking, nah, I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. The last thing I want to touch on on the animated series is how many great actors and characters there are so we'll start with John Glover who was in the Batman movie we just watched he played the Doctor Poison Ivy killed oh shit yeah he was good yeah. voices the Riddler in the original animated series um, and also in Smallville he's Lex Luthor's dad oh shit nice uh, yeah so he gets around but there, nice. there's I've many seen Smallville. I don't know. <laughs> for like there are other actors who are in DC stuff a lot and like Batman stuff a lot but the crowning jewel for me is Mark Hamill and yeah. particularly Mark Hamill's Joker oh 100% for me, like the if, if if you want to talk about the voice of the Joker, Mark Hamill forever will be like even to this day. I whenever does my which comic or which storyline I'm reading, you he's read always my voice. Joker voice. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. that's always 100%. what I have in my head. But I have this like list of the Jokers and what I think of them. Like Nicholson, like Jack said, is the gangster. Heath Ledger was like an anarchist kind of Joker. Jared Leto was a psychopath, and Mark Hamill is everything that everything the Joker should embody rolled yes. into one. He characterized it perfectly. Jared Leto was a fuck boy. He was. He was a bit of a fuck boy. <laughs> trying to be nice. <laughs> Like, one, yeah, did not race. Get the, get the fuck out of here. Like, oh, wait, no. It's the reason I didn't go in hard on Leto is because the Wacken Phoenix Joker. Uh-oh. And that is just like, what the fuck is that? Get out of here with that, you fucking I, fuck off. I quite enjoyed it as a film, but as a... It's, it's never going to be shoehorned into any... It's not like... It's a film. Don't build on it. Don't com- mm. don't make anything of it. Enjoy it as its own singular story. Great. Brilliant performance. Oscar-worthy no. performance from Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix. Um, but yeah, in, in the Batman universe, it doesn't really have a place because it kind of contradicts some of the other Joker lore. Or the, the mystery around the Joker is the whole thing. When, yeah. you, when you give him a grounded human, this is why he is the way he is story, it defeats the point in him because he's almost like this larger-than-life personality it's and it's this egg- enigmatic source and it, it, I don't think having a like a real human grounded element to it is good. But with the with, with the Phoenix performance, you, you might not like the themes of the movie and I, I can totally appreciate that, really, I can, but you've got to admit, is is acting right. itself. I've, I said, thought I've was... said this before, it's a fucking fantastic performance in a shit film. Like, yeah. Even the direction, like, I'm sorry, you, you watch that, it's not well directed. The script is fucking abysmal. It has these, like, I can't believe it pulled that shit where it had the fake girlfriend that he was imagining the entire time. Like, what amateur yeah. hour bullshit. Yeah. But you know what? On the future episode where we're doing overrated movies, I'm going to go in really heavy on this in yeah. detail, so let's That's gonna be right. keep that for them. <laughs> it's just going to be an hour of me ranting constantly. So let's not the, open the floodgates about... Just dampen that fire yeah. for now, right? I, I have a question probably for you three because I know oh sorry Ryan yeah. and just finally 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 final thoughts Mark Hamill the voice actor is captured and there's this whole plot with the Joker who is played by Mark Hamill and Clayface is involved who is also Mark Hamill and it's the best two three minutes in animated history for me it's so meta and it's just Mark Hamill talking to himself for 20 minutes like and the really other nice thing about this they do get all of the cast together and a lot of them were 
present when they're doing those voice acting sessions mm-hmm. and you don't get that very often in animated shows it seems like DC looks after their, their crew like giving people jobs for 20 plus years and, and kind of keeping a lot of the cast with, with kind of properties ongoing now they just you need to figure out how to do this with the movies and yeah. make them good you can say the same for Marvel though if at first yeah. you don't succeed try another hero that's you it. know yeah. that's like it. Johnny Torch becomes Captain America yeah. Ryan Reynolds he was Deadpool then yeah. Deadpool again Marvel look after people like they there's quite there's so many examples of Marvel actors who first film didn't go quite a plan so they just kept putting something else because they clearly liked working with them and knew they were yeah. talented so I've got a question for you three that I think hopefully you'll be able to answer it's about a co- uh, comic book called The Killing Joke is it that's like the hello that's I, I knew you'd perk up. That's like the um, because there was a film there was a film version of that that got kind of panned, didn't uh, it? Ah, so yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw, I yeah, I, well, I was going to say I saw the movie first. I was like, I don't get what the hype's about. So I got on the Google, had a look, and I was like, right, on the Google, getting the graphic novel, <laughs> and I read through that, and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. So in in the Batman. Lord, the Killing Joke's like one of the most essential reads of it because it, essentially it, it's the closest you get to a backstory to the Joker. But what's genius about the Joker is his backstory is forever ambiguous. Mm-hmm. So even at the end of the comic, he says, "Oh, um, I remember it differently every day." So the version you see might not be true. You could take it as true if you want to. It's not a big book, and that's the issue. And when they said they were adapting it, people were like, "Well, that's not going to be that long." So what they did, they took Alan Moore's work. Mm-hmm. And then they added a whole new um, prequel part to it, essentially, and it just does not fit the tone. It's ridiculous. Essentially, because this this is the comic storyline where Batgirl gets shot by the Joker and crippled. They add in this whole thing beforehand where Batgirl and Batman shag on top of a roof. Hot. It's a stupid, <laughs> weird love angle that just doesn't make sense. It was really weird. It was. It kind of felt like two different stories, and I didn't get that at the time, but even just watching that, I was like... This doesn't feel like it belongs in the same uh, no. universe. That, is, I mean, is that canon at all? Has uh, Batman and Batgirl ever fucked before? Or no, is just random? never. They've no. always just been. It's just been strictly like mentor mentee okay. kind of mentality. Have to speak to HR about that. Yeah, yeah right. Have to put a form <laughs> in For, and stuff. Who, yeah. Wait, who does she put the complaint in? Toby goes straight. Yeah, okay. Toby. <laughs> I, I think um, I mean you three clearly you've provided me with quite a lot of knowledge on the subject and there are definitely some properties that you've mentioned that I would really want I've been really wanting to play the Arkham games for a while and I just I need to get around to doing it um, anything else that you guys would say yeah spot on this is something I want to talk about yeah well given that we've gone over everything I think the obvious place to go is where he came from the comics Ooh. so th- consider this like my own personal essential and just recommendation reading list of stuff and I'll, I'll just I've got quite a few I'll try yeah, and man. keep it brief yeah. <laughs> honestly t- yeah, if you're listening get your pen and paper yeah, out just go slow enough for me to make notes please yeah. 100% okay so if you want to start off right um both of these works are by Frank Miller before he went off the boil in a bit of a lunatic he's the Sin City guy I know that yeah, yeah. He, he's he's been yeah, his work isn't as good as it used to be. Yeah. And he's been saying a lot of stupid shit. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he came up, he's come up with two of the best Batman story arcs, which is year one. This was essentially one of the better sort of um, explorations in like Batman's first year as being Batman. So shows you like how he meets Jim Gordon and how he's like trying to get into the minutiae of the role. Mm-hmm. And then on the split end, The Dark Knight Returns, it's essentially a story where it's way off in the future where he's meant to be retired, but he has to come back out as the character. Um, a lot goes on in it because like, Gotham's gone to shit, so he kind of is back to cleaning that up. He's a robot man. Yes. Wait, it, wait, it, wait, 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 what? Robot man? Robot. As in, like, robot Batman? Yeah. Not yeah. Sure. So, like, essentially, um, a lot of stuff was borrowed for Matt Batman vs. Superman because he, he fights Superman at the end of this in the big suit as well, but it's way, yeah. it's, better, it's way better done in this one. Yeah. 
Uh, obviously, the killing joke, which we just mentioned, essential just for the fact it really became the first to look at the Joker-Batman relationship yeah. as well as like possibly where the Joker came from. Because yeah, that's always a worry with the Joker. You go in there, give him a backstory when he is just a force of nature, and they did it so well. I was so worried, and it was amazing. Yeah. It's like when you see the monster in a horror film, and you're yeah. like, oh, I'm not scared anymore. Well, that's it? like my personal think... hell, is like watching films. I was talking to you, Greg, about this like uh, Rob Zombie's version of Halloween where they give Michael Myers yeah. a backstory. It just ruined wins it again like the Heath Ledger do you want to know how yeah. I got these scars he yeah. changes his story every single time the mystery he is tells the, it yeah. because the enigma is yeah. what makes the character interesting Ed and Nigma. I get oh the Sorry. Edward Nigma so that's essentially why someone like Christopher Nolan understood the yeah. character he knew you couldn't give him the backstory it had to be ambiguous which yeah. is what the character is that's why he's endured for so long uh, next one would be Arkham Asylum the comic it's a really weird one it's very trippy but it's a great story <laughs> with beautiful artwork. So, yeah, get into that one. That one's really interesting. The Long Halloween, that one it does a good job of sort of exploring um, uh, the sort of two-face angle, but there's like loads of other little stories going on around it, so that's a good one. Earth One, so if you're a fan of the grounded Nolan universe, Earth One basically takes that like in, in its own form. It's like Batman, but it's a bit more grounded in reality. Nice. It's not as over-the-top comic book as it could be, as a lot of them are. So that's a good one if you like your grounded stuff. Gotham Central, so I believe... Me and Jack talked about whether I'd seen Gotham before. Mm. Yeah, shit, actually, that's a good, um, good point. I'm not a fan of it, and it's mainly because Gotham Central is what it should have been. Right. So essentially, it just follows the police officers at the major crime unit in the Gotham GCPD. So it's like you're watching a real-life gritty detective show, but it just happens to be in Gotham with right. supervillains. And it's just way, way better done. Like, one of the story arcs is about, it's like a few days before Christmas, and the Joker's on the roofs of Gotham City with a sniper rifle picking off city officials. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. It's really brutal. Like, one of, one of the first villains they come against is Mr. Freeze, and it's by pure accident, they're at his place. He freezes one of the officers, and then pulls him into pieces in front of his partner. It's it's really gritty. It's pretty dark. The it's so good. I used, I used to pull your hands off. <laughs> the Gotham TV show is a little bit more PG than that. If you haven't seen it, I'm pretty sure most of it's on Netflix at the minute yeah. at the time of recording. Or at least it is on the UK version. Yeah, um, you're both saying it's, it's it's good. Well, you were saying it's, it's good. good. Yeah. It's not it's not by no means the best Batman material. It follows Jim Gordon in his mm-hmm. career. Batman starts off as like a young man and is like a like sort of not quite realised Batman by the end of it but he's on like that path you know Cause there's and a, it basically ends with Batman becoming Batman and it's uh, it's like a 40 minute TV episode yeah. it's quite you know each season has its own overarching arcs and stuff but it's a bit of a who's who of like Gotham villains and things like that it's not the best material yeah. it's a bit Hollyoaks in Gotham <laughs> sort of vibe at times but it, I enjoyed it nonetheless because there's an interpretation of the Joker in that as well isn't it and how does that kind there of is Ger- three of them Ger- uh, really is it Jerome yeah. or Jeremiah yes yeah, so, so the, I, I know about the backstory so when they were given the show there was a list of characters that apparently they weren't allowed to use and apparently they can't say on the thing he is the Joker which is right. why they call him Jerome and right. Jeremiah that's their workaround so essentially it's like oh no he's not the Joker Wink. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually pretty well done, their version of the Joker, I think. It's actually the same uh, actor who is the Jedi in Jedi Fallen Order. He's in, um, yes. he's in uh, Shameless as well, US Shameless, yeah. He's, he's he a did a pretty actor. good appearance of it. He had a really like great sort of sinister laugh where it was all teeth and he looked. It had that sort of uh, comic vibe to it, which yeah. I think was really well done. Nice. Yeah. Um, Going back to my last few, um, as I said at the start of the 
full podcast. Literally anything by Scott Snyder. He has been the best Snyder to happen to DC because he, he writes the, the best comics, not alone of his run with Batman. He doesn't have much competition in being the no, best. No, he really doesn't. <laughs> That's true. But like literally, he because he, 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 he had basically the full run of Batman, like yeah. being the head writer and oh, the stuff he just brought. It's so if, if I'm picking stuff off that, he created what is the best brand new villain that's already becoming part of Batman lore and people love it is the Court of Owls. Okay. Oh, yeah. They're essentially, the best way to describe it, it's like um, an Illuminati sort of thing in Gotham. They're basically the rich and powerful who are running everything right. in, in like from behind the scenes. Okay. And they are very, they come very close to breaking Batman with their henchmen, the Talon. So really good like they've become huge at the moment death in the family which is another good joker story arc this is maybe the most brutal the joker's been he essentially returns after disappearing and he before he left he had his face removed Shit. so now he wears it kind of like this creepy death mask and he's really pushing towards an end game between Shit. him him and batman it's it's really brutal his recent stuff has been dark knight's metal i couldn't even really get in to explain that because it's very weird but it's got um the newest character, which leads into another story, which is called The Batman Who Laughs. This is like an alternative Batman from a universe where he accidentally kills the Joker, releasing a toxin from inside of him, which infects Batman. So essentially, you've got a Batman who is the Joker. Nice. Ooh. That sounds really, really interesting, yeah. yeah. Killer costume. It's a really interesting story. These do actually sound like essential reads. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a recurring theme of the Joker being a psyche rather than a person, isn't it? Yeah. But again, that's the enigmatic aspect makes him interesting. The Joker's yeah. just a state of mind. And then, um, and, uh, going on to one. Um, so at the moment, DC have got this cool thing called the DC Black Label. Essentially, if you want to read something and not worry about past law, they're just one-shot stories. Mm. So they go as wild as they want, and they just go as really interesting. Um, it's called The Last Night on Earth. Essentially, Batman gets rendered unconscious in a mission, wakes up in Arkham Asylum and thinks his whole life hasn't happened, but it turns out it's all a ruse and the world has gone into a wasteland and he has to explore it to find out what the fuck happened. And he carries the, he finds the Joker in a jar. It's a, it's a sentient head and he carries it around. <laughs> and and spoiler what? alert, this was the best thing. I didn't want to ruin it, but at the end, the Joker becomes Robin. What the fuck? On like a robotic Robin suit. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's so wild. It's so wild. And then the latest DC Black Label, like I mentioned, is called the Free Joker Story. So um, I'll, I'll use this as a caveat. So a popular theory with the film Joker is that a lot of people think this isn't the Joker. It's the one that comes before it. And a lot of people don't like that theory. Mm. This kind of explores that in like a good way. So essentially, it gives the idea that there's never always just been one Joker. There's always been more than one. So in this story, he goes up against three of them. One of them is known as the villain. One of them is known as the comedian. One of them is known as the clown. And it basically embodies the three different styles of Joker we've seen. And it's just a really fun exploration of the character, hinting that maybe there has always been more than one Joker. Maybe there hasn't. Maybe it's the Dread Pirate Roberts, isn't it? Yeah. In Dread Pirate all Roberts all Batman's head. <laughs> Kraken story arc. It's really good. Man, awesome. I um I, I thank you so much for I honestly don't know what we did, would have done without you on this episode. This was like it's been such an insightful thing for me as well. And yeah, ho- hopefully for you guys as listeners, I'm definitely gonna you'll have to write that list down for well send text. There's it, only yeah. 80 we'll years do. of content to get through. You yeah, know? I'll start. I'll, st- I'll start tomorrow. I'm sure. <laughs> no, um, anyone else want to kind of? I don't think that I think maybe nice idea to go around the room. Pick one. What is your favorite incarnation of Batman? Or what, if you had to pick one to never, this is the only one you can watch. I just spoke about it for the last twenty Yours minutes. Is the anime, so maybe yeah. not. Yours is the animated series, right? Yeah. Mine's a Lego Batman where he sits nice. and goes, this is a song I wrote about being an orphan. <laughs> Darkness, dark no parents. I'll join you on that yeah. one. Yeah. 
I'll go with uh, either the one from the Arkham games or I'll go with Scott Snyder's run of the character. Fantastic. I mean, I said one, you fuck, but it's fine. <laughs> you can't Shut the fuck up, Liam. This is my house now. It's my podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you guys for joining us on Aftertaste. This was another th- really eye-opening episode. Thank you very much, Greg. Um, where can we catch you again? If you, ha- I mean, you have plugged it on the last episode. We may as well plug here as well. Yeah, if you're into wrestling and wrestling-based discussion, you can find me and my friends over at the Bearhood Club podcast. That's Bearhood Club podcast for Facebook. Facebook and YouTube, Bearhood Club Pod on Instagram, and Bearhood Club on Twitter. So we have our weekly pod where we just do big discussions into wrestling, and we've got our own like side content on YouTube, including outside interference, where we get people who aren't typically wrestling fans on, show them some stuff, and get their outside unfiltered view, which Liam like was kindly on one yeah. episode, and it was fantastic. So yeah, please go check it out. And as always, you can catch us at Bad Taste Buds Pod on Instagram and Twitter, Bad Taste Buds Podcast on Facebook, and BadTasteBuds.com on the internet. <laughs> I forgot what the ah uh... <laughs> uh, yes I have heard of this internet internet uh, do you catch us next week guys where we'll be discussing Southland Tales and we'll <laughs> who gave Jen the internet <laughs> do you catch us next week guys where we will be discussing Southland Tales on our main episode and we will be discussing the career of Richard Kelly so Donnie Darko and the box on our point five episode Ooh. I am so excited uh, Donnie Darko was like the film that got me into films so I'm really excited to talk about this I don't oh. think Jack has seen Donnie Darko, have you? I haven't. Have I got to watch three films next week? I mean, you'll have to. I've got a job. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll brush you up, don't worry. Donnie Darko's essential viewing. Like, uh-huh. you, 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 you've got to watch. You don't have to watch The Box. It's a piece of shit. But yeah, <laughs> Great. Right, thank you guys for listening and we will see you later. Remember, without Batman, crime has no punchline. I thought you were going to do an ice joke and I was so upset. I still didn't think of any sort of... I've ripped off a joke, of course. This is why Superman works alone. (laughs) See you next week. Stay frosty. Hey! Hey!